listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. We're in a series right now called Hold Fast, and the series has been on my heart for a long time for, for our church, uh, mainly because I feel like not just our church, but our, our uh, believers in general, I feel like many, many times they undervalue the power that they have access to, the power of prayer. And, um, and so the importance of this series cannot be underlined, bolded, highlighted, you know, unicorn sticker, like, enough. Like, this is like an important, important series. So if you have missed any of them, I encourage you to go back to the podcast and and check it out. Tara preached a phenomenal message on fasting. Um, Ricardo uh, has preached messages. Brian taught about the place of scripture in prayer. And uh, it's just been phenomenal. And I encourage you to, to go back and listen to it on the, on the podcast. You can do it on our app, on our website, on uh, Apple Podcast, on Spotify. Um, we're working on Google Play. All those places have our podcast, so, so you go, go check it out. But um, the reason why this is so important, one of the many reasons why it's so important is because whether we know it or not, we're in a war, there's a battle going on. Um, I'm always hesitant to use uh, Marvel references in church because Ricardo has basically used them all up at this point. <laughs> but, um, but anybody a fan of the Avengers movies? Woo, yeah, me too. Um, I, I, I saw the Avengers Endgame twice and both times I like cried like a baby at the end. But anyways, that's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so uh, the Avengers movies, they find themselves in the first Avengers movie fighting this battle against these aliens that are coming in, which I realize it sounds ridiculous, but um, these aliens that are coming in, they find themselves fighting this battle um, that almost destroys New York City. And what they don't realize is that there is someone way off in the distance orchestrating each and every one of these battles. There's someone way off in the distance with a, a, an agenda, right, to uh, destroy half of humanity, basically. And so the series of movies happens, and, and there's all these different events that take place, and, and like right about the second to last movie, there's like 22 Marvel movies, And right about the second to the last movie, you find out that almost all of this stuff has been orchestrated by one person pulling strings behind the scenes. And they fight a war. And I can't help, I like, I really didn't want to use that analogy, but I just, it was so appropriate because we are in a war that lots of times we ignore. Even, even uh, Christians, seasoned Christians, can feel like 
You know, all that spiritual warfare stuff and the, the devil, all that's only for the charismaniacs. Like, <laughs> it's so easy to just brush it away, right? So easy. But today, what I want to do with you guys, normally I try to keep things, you know, funny and upbeat and then just kind of hit, hit you with one thing. But I just, I want to keep it simple today and just really look at some scripture of what the disciples of Jesus are called to do and how we can have an impact uh, with, through prayer in spiritual warfare. Okay? So... Um, we have a, you know, we have a very real enemy. We have a very real enemy. And, uh, you know, whenever somebody talks about the devil or spiritual warfare or whatever in church, um, you know, and somebody's eyes get opened up to it, uh, there's a tendency that they can begin to blame everything on spiritual warfare, you know? It's like we go from, sometimes we can go from not real, realizing it exists or take, not taking it seriously and then taking it like, and then blaming everything on it. But the, but the truth is, is that there's three very real categories that, um, that cause us, you know, to sin or temptation or, or whatever it, it, that could be looked at upon as spiritual warfare, but sometimes it's really not. Uh, the first one is, is our own brokenness, right? In the Garden of Eden, um, Adam and Eve, they sinned against God. And ever since then, humanity has, has been broken. I, Isaiah 64, 6 says this, uh, we have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So, so we are sinful by nature. We have a sin nature. We were born with it. And only through the redemption, the free gift of God's grace, through Jesus Christ, can we be redeemed. And so lots of times, you know, um, we can blame things that on spiritual attack that are just out of our own brokenness that we need to confess before the Lord. The second thing is brokenness of the world, right? So if this world is inhabited by broken people, even if you're not broken, the rest of the world is, which means the world is broken. And, and there's no doubt about it that this world is, is under the authority of, of the devil. It says, uh, John 16, 33, I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation because it's broken, 
but take heart, I have overcome the world, right? That's our promise in Jesus. That's our promise in Jesus is, is that we will have tribulation in the earth. While we are on this planet, we are at war, right? But through Jesus Christ, who has overcome the world, we are overcomers as well. And so, the, so that's, so it's our, our brokenness can be one point uh, where, you know, we may tend to think about in terms of, of spiritual uh, warfare, but, but really sometimes it stems out of our own brokenness. Sometimes it stems just out of this broken world. Has anybody watched the news lately? Oh my gosh, I can't, I, I literally, my heart breaks every time I turn it on because I can't, I can't take it. If I have to hear about one more young black male being shot or a child being kidnapped and terrible things happening or, or wars that we didn't even know were going on happening in other parts of the world where people are living in poverty, we live in a broken, broken world. And, and so when we are in our brokenness, if I'm broken and I'm, and I'm struggling with lust of material things, lust of money, you know, think about everything that wants us to buy stuff. You know, you can't get on the internet without web abs popping up, giving you coupons, and you know, like, like you can't drive down the street without seeing billboards. Like, you can't turn on the radio or the TV without seeing commercials. All so that you can spend your money and get things that will make your life better, right? There's a temptation there, right? And that temptation is because we live, we are broken, and we live in a broken world, right? But, as I said earlier, the reason why this world is broken is because this world is under the authority of the devil. And and 1 John 5.19 says this, we know that we are from God, And the whole world lies in the power of the evil one, which is why we will have tribulation, right? Um, Satan was was formerly uh, a beautiful, powerful cherubim, uh, likely the highest of all angels, but but, uh, iniquity was found in him and, and he was lifted up in pride, Desiring to be greater than the Lord God, right? He led an army of angels into rebellion, which resulted in his ejection from heaven along with every angel who had followed him. And now Satan prowls the earth seeking to hinder all he can from choosing salvation and living a life of obedience to God. If you want to read about the fall of Satan from heaven. Um, I, you know, I encourage you to check out Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14 because those are um, 
descriptions of Satan's fall from heaven. It's a little confusing because they, they use the name of a king. But if you, if you look into the commentaries and stuff, it, um, it, it, most theologians um, believe that. It's, it's a description of, of the devil. So um, one of many names for the devil is the accuser the accuser, and, and uh, Satan acts as the accuser of believers in an attempt to discredit them before God. And, and when Satan was ejected from heaven, God gave him limited access to, to enter heaven, and, and uh, Revelation 12.10 says that the devil stands before God Day and night, accusing all believers. He stands before God, accusing us in an attempt to somehow lessen God's love or diminish God's mercy. Thankfully, if you're a follower of Christ, those accusations fall on deaf ears because Colossians 3.3 says that, if you are in Christ, you are hidden in Christ, right? First Peter 5, 8, and 9 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour, Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. See, lots of times when we talk about Satan, we, we have the picture of the guy with the red pitchfork and the horns or whatever, or we have a picture of him on this shoulder whispering in your ear and then the angel on the other side whispering in your ear. And, and like what Satan says in your ear, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's true, but I do believe that Satan has the ability to influence our thoughts, whether, whether it's through you know, a song on the radio or, or a TV show or whatever. Like, I do believe Satan has the, uh, has the ability to influence our thoughts. And he says stuff like this. This is how you know it's Satan. He says stuff like this. Like, look at your sinfulness. You remember that thing you did? I know you said you asked forgiveness for it, but did it take really? That that's when you know that it's Satan speaking to you. God says this, look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You've been covered by the blood of the lamb. Your sins are no more because you are hidden in Jesus. John 10, 10 says this, and I just feel like this little chunk of scripture, just a single verse describes our enemy so, so, so well. The thief comes to steal 
and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. See, the devil doesn't, he doesn't have to kill you. All he has to do is get you to compromise for a life that is not the fullness of Jesus. When we settle for anything less than Christ, the devil has done his due. There's that old line in The Usual Suspects. Anybody seen that movie? I love that movie. Um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was, was teaching the world or convincing the world that he doesn't exist. Think about that. Because all he has to do is get you to just justify that sin in your life. All he's got to do is just um, get you to compromise somewhere. All he's got to do is just rattle your trust in God just a little. So if we have an enemy, we're at war, right? And uh, the good news is, is that if you are in Christ Jesus, you are authorized for the battle. You are authorized for the battle, and you should be equipped. Um, I want to take a look at um, Luke 9, 1 through 6. We're going to, I'm sorry I'm buzzing through a lot of scripture today. I really don't like to do that, but but I felt like we had to take a comprehensive look at this. So uh, Luke 9, 1 through 6, this is where Jesus is sending out the disciples in his name for the first time, the 12 disciples. Um, it says this, And he called the 12 together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere, right? Jesus gives the 12 disciples his authority. The power comes from Jesus, right? There, there, there's power Jesus holds the power, but he is authorizing you to use it in his name for his purposes. I feel like we don't take, you know, in my life, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't feel like I've taken that authorization seriously sometimes. 
Like, oh yeah, that was back in Bible times. Or, oh, you know, uh, authority over all demons and curing diseases. That was just for the 12 because they were immediately connected to Jesus, right? Well, let's, let's go on. Luke 10, 1 through 12. This is another instance of Jesus. He, he has literally just fed 5,000 people from a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. And let's, let's read this. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. 72. That's about the size of this room, right? 72 others and sent them on ahead, two by two, in every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Jesus acknowledges it. He acknowledges it right there. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves his wage. These are like the same things that he told the 12 disciples, only now he's saying it to 72 other disciples. And Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever town you enter and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than the day for that town. And then skipping down to verse 17. So so the 72 get sent out. Jesus authorizes them with his power. And and it says this in uh, uh, chapter 10, 17 through 20. The 72 returned with joy saying, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So the 72 come back and they're like, Lord, even the demons are scared of your name. And Jesus is like, duh, right? I'm the son of God, right? 
I'm the son of man who's coming to the world, and I, this is why I'm teaching you all of this, right? The 72 were authorized with Jesus' power to go into the towns and speak life, the life of Christ, to share the gospel, to heal the sick, to, to re release demon oppression, any oppression of the enemy. So just in case you're thinking like, okay, maybe it was just for that 72, right? Just those, right? Let's go to Mark 16, 15 through 19. This is the Great Commission in Mark. And uh, I think we like the Matthew one better because it's a little less detailed. <laughs> but, but this one in Mark, this is, this is literally right before Jesus gets taken up to heaven. And, and, and he's saying, after the, he's, he's resurrected, he's, come, he's gone to the cross, he came back alive, breathing, full of life. And this is what he had to say to his disciples. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. I love the way that ends. He was taken up into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of God. So, so good. See, my feeling, the reason why I'm just drilling this is because like, I'm not, I'm not looking to get, you know, this is maybe the first time I've ever spoken about anything like this, FYI, if you're new. You're like, whoa, what kind of church did I, like, come to today, you know? This is maybe the first time in years and years that I've ever spoken on this. And, and the reason why, honestly, I was, like, up in my office, like, trying to, like, barter with God, like, hey, if you make me, if you let me not preach this message, like, I'll, 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 like, do this, I'll go taking an orphan or something, you know, and, um, <laughs> but because I get that in, in our society, in our culture, when someone says demon or something like that, like a red flag kind of goes up, right? Like, Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, am I the only one? Okay, all right. But I, I, what I am trying to show you through this is that it's a very real part of being a Christian. There's, a, there's an unseen war going on, and we don't want to attribute everything to it because some stuff is just attributed to our own sin, you know? But there is a side to, of it. There is a side in which we have a very real enemy. And so I, I know in my own life, there have been multiple times where there has been spiritual warfare at stake. Even all this week, 
I, I, like, I've been trying to work on this message all week, and, and my family has just gotten attacked left and right with illness and all kinds of stuff. And, like, I don't think that's a coincidence. And so I'm stepping out in boldness this morning, calling out the enemy, because I want you, my family, to learn and understand that there's a very real side to spiritual warfare. Because you will never have victory if you ignore it. If you don't let Jesus into those places where you are bound in fear or shame or addiction or whatever, you will never get free of it. And so what I want to um, walk you through, everybody should have a handout. Does everybody, do you not, anybody not have a handout? Okay, everybody's got a handout. What I want to do is walk you through some of these steps to, uh, to freedom. Now, this isn't the only way to do this, but somebody, I didn't write this, uh, a friend of mine who's my mentor, and uh, he, his name's Dave. He came here uh, and spoke on the day that I was installed as pastor. He, he put this together, and I've used it in my own life so many times. I actually keep the one from the paper from his church right next to my bed at night. Um, and so I, I wanted to share it with you, and he said I could put the mission logo on it, so we're all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> But he, he wrote this out, and, and I believe that this is a tool that if you really spend time with it and value it and, and, and understand that this is just a part of being a Christian, that this could bring immense freedom through, through Jesus Christ in your life. And so... Um, so I'm just going to walk you through each step of it. And then I want to give us all the opportunity to just go through this together. Okay? So, um, so we, have the, we have the reminder up there from James 4.7. Submit yourself, yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Why will he flee? Because you're authorized. You're authorized. In Jesus' name, you are authorized. Terry, you are authorized, bro. I know you know that already. Tim, you're authorized. Daryl, you're authorized, bro. Let's see, who else? I'm just, every, I'm just kidding. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. So the first step is submitting yourself to God. Whatever this thing is, is that you are feeling is maybe spiritual warfare oriented, submit it to God. Ask him, Lord, uh, you know, is this just something in my sinful nature that I'm dealing with, or is it something that is just in the broken world or is this actually spiritual attack and just give it over to God. And, and so he, he gives an example 
of a, of a prayer of submission right there. And then put on the armor of God. So there's a prayer for that there in step two, but I, but I do want to read that um, because it's so, so important. Um, Ephesians 6, 10, 10 through 18. Because there's only a couple of weapons in the armor of God. There's lots of protection. There's only a couple of weapons. Shoot. I forgot to put this in my notes. Sorry, guys. Who has it? These pages are sticking together. <laughs> Sorry, new Bible. Um, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. It's affirmed again there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness. Who feels like we're in a present darkness right now? Like, doesn't that just feel real right now? Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand In the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, Jesus' spirit, the Holy Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that my words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly. Man, do I resonate with that today. Thank you, Ricardo. Gotta put on the armor of God daily. And so I, I highly encourage you, if, if 
Maybe that was the first time you've heard that, or maybe, um, maybe you've read it before, but you're not familiar with it. Spend some time in that passage, Ephesians 6. Spend some time with that. Um, um, and then step three is, is, is binding Satan with the authority uh, of Jesus Christ. And, and if you want references for that, we can look at Mark 3, 27 um, and Matthew 18, 18. Um, and we have the power to take authority over the enemy. And so this is just a statement of doing that. And, and um, if it, it, the step four is really important. If you've given any ground to the enemy, submit and confess the sin. So if you have some sin in your life that's unconfessed, if you have uh, a relationship that's out of sorts, do whatever you got to do to uh, not give the enemy any ground in your life. And step five is uh, speak this to the enemy in resistance and, and rebuke him. And so this part has, a, has an underlined area where, like just like a, like a lined area where you can actually say the thing. So like for me, um, I might say the spirit of lust of material things or, or it can be whatever, um, and you just make that declaration right there, and then you in and then step six, you pray and invite the Holy Spirit to occupy all areas of your life. And so, what I want to do right now is quietly, Tim, if maybe you could come back up to the piano. But what I want to do is I want to go through this prayer sheet together. Um. So I want to give us just a moment to think on this. What areas of your life does the enemy have a hold on that you want freedom from? What areas of your life seem impossibly damaged or hurt? What areas of your life do you get victory over and then fall right back in? What areas of struggle do you have in your life? you to get it in your head or write it down somewhere. See, we have to say these things out loud. You can't pray these things in your head. We have to speak it out. So I want to us all to pray together the prayer of submission. Heavenly Father, I give you control of my intellect, emotions, 
will, way, and body. I choose to surrender to you and invite you to be the Lord of my life in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, family, I want us to pray a prayer of putting on the armor of God together. Lord, I put on your provision of armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Let's pray this statement of binding and loosing together. Satan, I take authority over you in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ and I bind you you will not have control of my intellect, emotions, will, way, mind, or body. I loose myself from every stronghold and all bondage in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we're gonna pray a prayer of confession. And so when we get to that underlined area, I just want you to say it quietly. You don't have to just shout it out. You don't, I'm not asking anybody to confess to your neighbor or any kind of stuff like that. I just want you to, you can just whisper it. Let's pray this prayer of confession together. Father, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess I have given place to a spirit. They are not from you and I do not want them in my life. I confess the sin I have committed in this area of my life. Forgive me for allowing these spirits to have control of, in my life. Thank you for forgiving me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Same thing in this next declaration. You're authorized. I want you to remember this. I know this is uncomfortable for some of you, but if you are in Christ Jesus, this is your, this is your, as a born again Christian, this is your birthright. make this declaration spirits of I take authority over you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ I have submitted myself to God and you cannot stay I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave me now you will not have my mind you will weigh emotions or body I loose myself from your bondage. I rebuke you and command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to go where Jesus Christ sends you. 
Amen. And now a prayer of consecration. Heavenly Father, I ask you to heal, fill, and control all these cleansed areas of my life with your Holy Spirit. I ask this not in my authority, but by the authority given to me by my Lord Jesus Christ. You are authorized. And on the back of that sheet, it's really important after you pray these prayers to remind yourself who you are in Christ. Because the accuser will be right back in your ear in no time saying, oh, that didn't really mean anything. You believe that stuff? Nah, it's okay. It's so important to remember who Christ has made you to be. So I'm just going to I'm just going to read through this. I don't, you don't have to read with me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I am accepted. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I have been justified. I am united with the Lord. And I am one spirit with him. I have been bought with a price. I am a member of Christ's body. I am a saint. I have been adopted as God's child. Some of you need to hear that right now. You have been adopted by God as his child. I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. I am secure. I am free forever from condemnation. I am assured that all things work together for good. I am free from any condemning charges against me. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I am hidden with Christ in God. I am confident that the good work that God has begun in me will be perfected. I am a citizen of heaven. I have been given a spirit of fear, but I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I can find grace and mercy in time of need. Some of you need to hear that. I am born of God, and the evil one can't touch me. I am significant. I am the salt and light of the earth. 
I am a branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I am Christ's personal witness. I am God's temple. I am God's co-worker. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I am God's workmanship. I may approach God with freedom and confidence because he welcomes me into the throne room. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, here's the conclusion of all this is that it doesn't matter if it's our brokenness. It doesn't matter if it's the brokenness of the world. It doesn't matter if it's spiritual attack. Jesus is the answer to all three. The answer is the same. It's like the easiest test ever. I wish my tests were that easy in high school. I would have gotten better grades. Don't spend too much time trying to figure out what the problem is when the answer is exactly the same for all three. Because if that is who you are in Christ, the Son has set you free and you are free indeed. I really, man, I really want you to get this, guys, because here's the deal. The truth of this sets free and the lies bring bondage. Truth sets free, lies bring bondage. It's, it's, it's that easy. And here's the thing we need to remember is that Satan st- isn't still like fighting God. There's not like, a, there's not like a holy war of rebellion angels flying X-wings in heaven. Like there's not, there's, there's not that going on. God has won, he's won. And, and through, through Jesus, God is, so the question is, which is a whole other message, why does God allow the devil to operate still? That's another message. (laughs) But one of the reasons is he's using him to bring the purity about of mankind, the purity of his church. Because He's empowered and commissioned us to do these things, and yet we still say, Jesus, you do it. That's like when my son asks, you know, asks me to mow the lawn. Oh, no, I've, I've commissioned you to do that. I give my power and authority to you, son. So many times we ask Jesus to fight our spiritual battles, right? When he has given us his authority, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of other people. Intercession for other people who are attacked by the enemy. I I won't, I'm gonna keep preaching for another hour if we keep going, so... 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna dial it back here a little bit. Um, Jesus gave you the authority to use his name, which holds power. And that's because you are a child of God if you are a Christian. We have to be aware. We have to be bold. This is something that I feel like I have to begin to talk to my kids about. My kid, my kids are 12 and, and nine and as an adult, I can look back and, and see lies that I bought into and partnered with the enemy as a child that I've held through my whole adult life. And I, I bet I'm, I'm stepping out on a ledge, but I'm willing to bet that I'm not the only one that can see that in the rear view mirror. So if we want our kids to be free, we have to begin to cautiously teach them about their authority in Christ. Because truth sets free, lies bring bondage. If you're here today, I keep trying to wrap this up, sorry guys. If you're here today, first of all, and you're not a Christian, and you feel like there's spiritual warfare in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's demonic, maybe it's just out of brokenness, maybe, I, I don't know what it is, but I at least wanna give the opportunity for those who aren't believers in Christ to accept the call and to begin to live out who they were made to be in Christ and to know that they are accepted, secure, and significant when they're in Christ. So if everybody could just bow their heads, eyes closed. Team comes. Father, I believe that we are in a holy moment right now. And so I sense, Lord, that God, that you have lost sons and daughters in this room right now. And I didn't, you know, I didn't plan on doing this or God, but I, I just can't put my head down on the pillow tonight and not know that I didn't give somebody the opportunity to be able to fight these secret wars, to be able to have forgiveness of sins. So Lord, I just ask you 
if there's anyone in this room that doesn't know you, Lord, would you just reveal yourself to them? who wants to accept Christ right now, would you just slip your hand up and put it down? Just give it a minute. Okay. If there's anybody here right now that feels like there are spiritual forces working against them, right now um, would you just put your hand up so I can pray for you yeah I see you I see them hands all over the room okay alright you can put them down I, I see them thank you I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you those that put your hand up share it with someone you trust so that you can uh, not be praying about it alone and I would encourage it to be someone outside of your immediate family. I wanna pray for you. Father God, we've seen through your scripture that Jesus has authorized us in his name with his power. I pray right now that that by the blood of the lamb, lies from the enemy would flee. Agreements that have been made with the enemy in these lives would be broken by the power of Jesus Christ. I pray that oppression would cease. And I pray, God, that they would begin to experience joy and clarity. Father, I pray that they would begin to experience the life that you call the fullness of life. God, I pray for life to just spring up within them. I pray that the Holy Spirit would be like living water dwelling within them, never thirsting. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit would go with them to their places, of their houses and homes and works, Lord. I pray that the Holy Spirit would dwell and go with them that you, almighty God, would draw near and that the enemy would flee in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.